Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful Golden Horseshoe in Disneyland, California, we're proud to present the thrilling Golden Horseshoe Review. Okay, so last time Louie took us on a tour of the brand new renovated Club 33. And so, Louie, the question for you this time is, did the changes change your feelings at all about Club 33? Yeah, I feel different about it. I I still like it, like you said. I know that I talked to Cable a little bit, too, and he was talking about how he was worried a little bit that it lost what was special about it. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, I think there is some sh- something like special that was lost. And if I can maybe draw like a physical like thing that changed that makes me feel this way, it was that they still had the harpsichord there, but there was no chair there anymore. Uh, um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, this isn't for playing anymore. It's for looking. And I think that's maybe the tone that I think changed just a little bit. Yeah, it sounds to me like it's becoming less of a club and more of a restaurant. A very nice restaurant. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. And and I, I just wonder if like the lounge that they have, the jazz lounge, is maybe catered more to, hey, you can come up here and eat if you want, but really this is just where you can come cool off. Well, that's what I was thinking, actually, is, I mean, counter to what Alex was saying, I'm wondering if, if in some sense it's it's more of a club and that yeah. Club 33 wasn't much of a hangout before. Mm. Right. And now I think with their lounge area, it arguably could be. Yeah, it, w- it looked like a good place to hang out, yeah. So I think I'm still personally freaked out about the idea of a private club in Disneyland. And this has been the case Ever since, you know, I mean, yeah. I first heard about Club 33. Ever since always. I mean, yeah. It's super exciting. I mean, it's fun. I've been there a couple times. It's super fun. It's beautiful. It's, uh, you know, a really cool experience. I get why people like it. But I th- I'm still uncomfortable with the idea of people kind of, quote unquote, owning a part of Disneyland and sort of having a privileged spot in it. I'm I'm really uncomfortable now that the club is getting bigger and sort of altering the landscape of what New Orleans Square is. Before mm-hmm. it was sort of just unused space essentially. Yeah. But now it's grown to take over the Court of Angels. They've had, it's physically changed the outside of the buildings. And I don't know if that trend's going to stop to be honest. People will start being aware of its existence much more so. And I'm sure that's their their plan. <laughs> you yeah, know, it they makes, kind of want to show it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, I, I totally get it. I'm sure they're going to make. A, I'm sure it's going to be a nice profit center for the for the you know the, for parks and resorts. But I liked it better when it was a secret. <laughs> it know? seems like it's a kind of a pernicious idea that just grows and grows, um, and it's hard to stop once the ball gets rolling. Yeah, the private club starts to you know. Take over the park is too extreme, but it starts to alter the park in a place that I I feel should be very egalitarian. Now, it's not a cheap place to go, but it's a place that when you're in there, to me, feels like it should be the same experience for everyone. I agree. And and, and like... Like even even Disney once said that everybody is a VIP at Disneyland, and it should it should feel that way. And once you start creating this caste system between uh, between guests, I think that it's it it gets kind of uncomfortable for me. And you know, it, and it even extends to things like really nice exclusive dinner packages and things like like Cinderella's Royal Table almost falls into this category where you have these experiences that are like only a few hours long, but cost as much as even getting into the park. Mm-hmm. I, I get why they're there. I you know I I know there's a business reason for it, 
but it still makes me a little uncomfortable. Club 23 has been around for a long time, obviously, but you see it now in other ways, like in FastPass Plus, uh, you know, resort guests get the book uh, reservations on rides that normal guests don't necessarily get to do. Yep. Is that true? Further in advance. Yeah, further Cur- in advance. Currently, I would not be a bit surprised if they start ho- horsing around with this, making it a uh, a sort of a tiered system. So, yeah. like, deluxe hotel visitors get, you know, six, moderates get four, values get three. You know, I could totally see them doing that. DVC also, where um, now my problem actually in some senses, DVC guests don't get treated treated luxuriously enough for owners. They have there are some <laughs> lousy DVC experiences out there. Yeah. That said, I don't like the idea of people being owners. I see why people want to do it, but I think it leads to just kind of unhealthy economics in the in the in the park where people feel compa- You know, they, they they feel sort of entitled, entitled to benefits because the they're saying, owners, yeah. and yep. Disney feels like. They don't have to treat them like full-on guests because they're people who are sort of trapped into coming every year. Now, yeah, I'd argue that's a similar discussion to what we had not too long ago about annual pass holders. That some annual pass holder annual pass holders feel entitled as well. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's a that's a problematic system too for yep. a lot of reasons. I think it needs to. I'd like to see an annual pass holder system that we already talked about. It, it was more expensive. Now that might feel like I'm suggesting it be more elitist than it is, but what I'm saying is it should be a smaller group of people, probably. And it should actually confer fewer benefits, I think. You should get into the park, and then you're done. That's your benefit. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think that basically what we're all describing is just what happens over time. And I won't say that it's... that it can... that Disneyland could be immune from these things, because it may as well could be that that happens. But... I think Disneyland definitely started off with like the best idea or the best intentions, but there are certain things like this, like these exclusive things that that just happen over time. And I, I would I would liken this to something that Brad told me once, which is if people want to buy the caviar, let them buy the caviar. There's certainly people that want to spend a lot of money at Disneyland, so give them something to spend it on. I am tr- traditionally totally on board with that concept. I feel like Disneyland should be exempt from that concept. I, at, at its core, I feel it's about treating everyone there, like Alex said, like a VIP. Now, when you get outside, that's rarely been the case. There are hotels of varying quality, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, merch- merchandise, too, of varying quality. You know, like... Like fine, great. Like there's lots of things at Disney that are very expensive in the the, the souvenir shops, and they and they should be. No, what 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 I wish they would do is I wish it would be more expensive than it was, and also have more aggressive discounting for lower income families. Yeah, yeah. Some somehow accomplish both those things. Yeah, yeah. Because it it shouldn't re- it shouldn't require a family to save up for years or go into crippling debt to take your family afford a Disneyland. That should yeah. not be then, a thing. I agree. Although the, the the counterpoint is, is like the place is so crowded right yeah. now, yeah. and there's al- there's there's almost no way to solve that except for raise the prices. It's and true. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Disney is happy to take the money. I don't doubt that. Absolutely. But it really is the best solution to that problem. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, Greg. I I agree with you. But if you if you lower the prices for some people for X, Y, or Z reason, those people are not spending enough money elsewhere in that park as well 
they're not spending as much on food. They're not spending oh, I as agree. much on drink. You, you, I mean, you take that on as sort of a sort of a you know, this is what we do to to live with ourselves, so people can go to Disneyland and not yeah. and, and afford it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I get that. Or maybe there's um, a lottery system or something that you know people can opt into and they you know can win less expensive tickets or something. I don't oh. know. And, and the, the problem is really hard because. The the fact is is the, the, all this stuff is more profitable now than it ever has been, and so every bean counter at Disney is like, "Hooray! This is like Christmas Day every day," you know. And so all yeah. their balance sheets are all way, way, way in the black. Yeah. But it, there's a cost in, of 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 guest experience that we're all feeling. You know, it's it's a really tough problem, and I don't know how to solve it. I don't know that anybody knows how to solve it. Build more parks. That's how you solve it. <laughs> The what you described, like Cinderella's royal table, is maybe something that's mildly exclusive. It's available to everyone. It might cost a little bit more, but yeah. it is available to everyone. Another another one that's maybe more similar to the club or less similar, depending on how you look at it, is uh, something like the Lily Bell Caboose. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that is only available if you are there at park opening. And run up the stairs and talk to a conductor immediately. Yeah. And if you don't, within like 10 minutes, the tickets are gone for the entire day and you don't get to do it. I'm sort of okay with that in that sort of anybody can make that happen. Yeah. Sure. If you're willing to fight for it. Yeah, sure. a, limited, a limited amount of tickets is not a problem in my sure. mind. Sure. The, but then there's, you know, there's other things in a similar fashion to like... Um, uh, riding on the God, what do they call it? The tender of the train as well, mm-hmm. or or also the wheelhouse of the um, yep. of yep. the Mark Twain. And these are limited supply items, but there certainly is. Well, there's an attitude that some of the cast members have to these sorts of things, which make them cease to be special anymore. And I I wouldn't chalk it up to necessarily the people that. Um, request these things, but the internet has certainly allowed everyone to share this information, and now everyone knows. It's like, do you remember not too long ago when somebody posted an image about, like, if you say Andy's coming, all the Toy Story toys like drop to the ground? Yeah, and you know, someone got hurt in this this exercise, and that's why they don't do it anymore. Um, but basically, the cast members get tired of this particular thing, and. You know, I once asked a conductor if I could ride in the tender, and he's like, it's really hot out. You don't want to do it. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. but what if I actually did? And, you know, and I know it sounds silly, but maybe I did. And, you know, I just asked just this past weekend if we could ride up in the wheelhouse in the Mark Twain. And one of the cast members told me that they're just not accepting that request today. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. I mean, I totally get that maybe you're annoyed with it, but there was like nobody there to ride the Mark Twain to begin with. It's not yeah. like you were behind schedule. It's not like it was holding anything up. It was just annoying you. You yeah. sure it wasn't Mariah Carey stealing it again? <laughs> it might have it been Mariah Carey. God when Louie and I were there, we wanted to do a bunch of cool things, and it turned out Mariah Carey had basically bought the park for the evening. <laughs> Starting um, at 8 she was getting p.m. married there. 8 yes. p.m. She had renewed wow. her vows. And so it kind of messed all of our plans. I mean, we still had a good day, but we we didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do because of because of Mariah Carey. So. <laughs> I've raised concerns to a few cast members before about a variety of things, and I have to you know assure them that I'm not angry because I can see them get very defensive over it 
because I know that they're dealing with a lot of jerks all the time. But what what concerns are you talking about? Oh, you know, things about like, you know, just I was just there the other day and there was a lot of a lot of people building up around uh, the city hall and about a thousand people couldn't get out of the park because Mm. there was a parade and there was not a clear path. And it's just like we have to clear a path here. And I'm talking to this cast member and a lot of people were starting to funnel into city hall. I'm like. I understand this is not an exit, but right now it's the only way for people to get out of the park. And you have about a thousand people behind here that are not happy. And you could tell she started getting really defensive about it. Like, this is not an exit. We can't do this. Like, I understand you're upset. I'm like, I'm just bringing up a concern. I, I'm not angry. It's fine. I don't mind being here. You know, it's interesting you say that. Um, I also encountered my first actually angry cast member this last time at Walt Disney World, and it was over, over crowd control as well. The, the hub was very crowded, and... People were trying to crowd in the middle to see the castle show, and there were people sort of standing both on the street and on the sidewalk, and the cast members were being kind of rude to the guests, which I found really interesting. They were sort of saying like things like, oh, you know, your mother doesn't live here, you guys, you know, and like just being just kind of like, you know, we shouldn't have to tell you this, you're all adults, you know, and like... Yeah, sure. And I was like, wow, that's strange. I've I've never heard a cast member condescendingly talk to a guest before. Yeah, and... I wouldn't say that this particular cast member was angry. I think that she was just defensive about yeah. like me seemingly being upset, and I actually wasn't upset or angry or anything. Um, but I can see that this is it, the you know we talked about crowd population before. I, I think that it's reaching critical mass, and these cast members are starting to bear a lot of that burden. And mm-hmm. no matter that Imagineering puts these hallways on either side, this problem still exists. And unfortunately, people are putting down these towels on Main Street now, just like you were describing, you know, in, no, in Tokyo. Tokyo. Yeah. People are doing it. I saw oh, it weird. when we were just there. And, you know, it's it's becoming very strange that yeah. um, these parks are not only super overcrowded, but everyone believes they understand exactly what to do. I mean, if you go look at Wikipedia pages for things like Fantasmic, they tell you that you have to get there 90 minutes. The Wikipedia article tells you you have to be there 90 minutes ahead of time to get a good area. And it's just like now it's entered common knowledge that in order to have a good time at Disneyland, you kind of have to be a jerk. You have to follow these rules. And and I yeah, think yeah. and I think that it's now starting to get to these cast members that they are the ones that have to deal with this on a daily basis. And I think that some of them are capable of treating all guests equally as if none of them have done anything wrong at all. But I mm-hmm. I I know what it's like when you have a hundred people doing the same stupid thing and that hundredth person just, just tips the scale. 